Hi, this is Cara Vargas of the WISL. You are listening to Jonathan Ragus and Jim Williams on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus. As always, right next to me, the voice, Jameson Williams. Jameson, what's going on? Thank you, Jonathan. Always good to be here. Good to be anywhere. And uh, I hope you had a good Labor Day weekend, you, John, and uh, everybody listening in on the uh, the mighty Blog Talk Radio. This wonderful, wonderful, wonderful setup. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, off for Friday, off for Monday, because, well, we don't labor on Labor Day. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's up in this mug, as, as like the kids the DMX say. version of the reading. <laughs> Don't stop it! Stop it! We were, we we were talking about that just prior to the show, and we—that's all we're going to say. With it. Yes, I don't know about talking about it. Well, you were, you were, you were. Yeah, we're not going to incriminate. It's you. in a book. Yeah, just okay. Well, it was, it was fun pre-show, but we won't get into that now. But that should be a show in and of itself. It's it's, it's going to be a great show, nonetheless. Joining us at around the twelve fifteen mark is former NBA champion, current New Orleans Pelican scout, and more of, uh, as of recent, a writer for us over at uh, 24-7 Sports Hub and uh, NewYorkSports247.com, Chucky Brown. We're going to be talking about the current NBA with him, see which teams improved, and uh, we also got a couple other stories that we're going to run by Chucky, as well as uh, an NCAA story that he wrote about for 24-7 Sports Hub, so that's going to be real, real interesting, Jim. Definitely going to check that out. We're going to talk a little baseball, a little history on this day two decades ago. We'll talk, tell you about that. Uh, Eric Burns is in the news because he is making a claim that somebody who is currently in Cooperstown used and abused the system. We'll tell you about that. And also the Pittsburgh Pirates, as we speak on a Wednesday afternoon, are one win away. It's gonna Just be. one. Yeah, well, you know, if they have, if they don't win another game this season... Oh, that's I will shave every hair off my body. I don't think we needed to know that. Well, I'm just saying, bottom line, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. Hey, I don't have that much hair on my body, so there you go. Well. I'm just saying. <sighs> Thank you. You really have to do with that, right? There you go. Exactly. Very excited about that. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But we have to talk football, Jim, because which starts Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, um. Okay. Um, uh, Carrie Underwood is, uh, you know, uh, oh, you mean, so, oh, okay. Now that's a good-looking woman, that Carrie Underwood. Just, Not like Taylor Swift. Uh, well, yeah, well, because, cause, you know, Carrie Underwood actually has dimensions. And she uh, doesn't scan at all. Jeez. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah, uh, football is back, and there was much rejoicing, and we've got ourselves a, a heck of a matchup uh, to kick things off, Baltimore and Denver, we, we chronicled some of the controversy off the field with the banners at um, yep. mm-hmm. whatever they call the new Mile High Stadium. I lost track of Peyton, something. Peyton Manning Stadium. Peyton Stadium. 
you know, football is in the air, and I can't wait. I cannot wait for the season to start. But before we even get to that game and dissecting and making quick picks on the other games, which we're going to do each week of the season, by the way, oh. kids, we got to talk about the quarterback carousel going on, uh, especially closer to your neck of the woods, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Geno Smith announced <laughs> as the starter for week one for the New York Jets. Like, we didn't know that was going to happen, Jim. <laughs> Seriously, it took them this long to name a starting quarterback just a few days before their home, before their first game. Yeah, I mean... Don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it. But, whatever. Right I like to see Geno Smith, of course, succeed because he's a New York Jet. I got to root for him, just like I root for my New York Jets, so... You're a glutton for punishment is what you're trying to tell I'm a New York Jets fan. I'm a New York Mets fan. I'm a New York Knicks fan. And I'm a New York Rangers fan. I am a glutton for punishment. Yes, you are. Well, it could be worse. You could be an Islanders fan. Well, there you go. I like but, uh, Well, there you go. And now they're moving into uh, your neck of the woods in the next year or so, the Isles. Uh, Mark Sanchez, uh, the man everybody you know loved a few years ago, even that was a stretch, uh, he is day-to-day with a right shoulder injury, according to uh, Kevin Patra of NFL.com. Uh, I'm going to pull the Keith Olbermann here. He's day-to-day, aren't we all? Uh, at this point in time, it is being reported by the New York Post, Brian Costello, that at the earliest, Sanchez could be ready for week three against the Buffalo Bills. At this, at this point in time, it's pick your pony. I mean, does it really matter if it's Geno Smith or Mark Sanchez? It, 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 listen, it does. It, it, it honestly does. Geno Smith has two games to show what he can bring to the field. If he can throw some touchdowns, gain some yards, and show a different dynamic than what Mark Sanchez does for this team, you got to go with Geno Smith. You've if he's go- miserable in those two games, if Mark Sanchez comes back by week three, he's going to start. Well, you also have to consider, is two games really a fair Barometer? No. no, no, it's not. Uh, honestly, in in my mind, and I, I've been a, an avid supporter of Mark Sanchez. I saw what he can do when his team is good, which he helped get them to two AFC Championship games. Can't deny that. And I seen what he could do when a team collapses around him and the GM doesn't help out. Thank you, Mike Tannenbaum. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this, I, I really do not like to put on the shoulders of Mark Sanchez. You got to put it on Mike Tannenbaum. You got to put it on Woody Johnson. You got to put it on Rex Ryan and his coaching staff. You gotta even put it on other Jets players. So I hate to throw it all on Mark Sanchez, but guess what? The quarterback is the star of your team. And Sanchez has had some abysmal games. He has uh, absolutely. I mean, There's no doubt about it. You know, I'm not trying to completely listen. I'm not a big fan of Mark Sanchez. No, he's, he's just, had some terrible, terrible games. Uh, there's but, no but question. But the play about. calling, the play calling certainly hasn't helped his cause. The lack of personnel on offense. I mean, who the hell does he have to throw to? Not even that. Look at the offensive line. They went from having one of the best offensive lines to going with guys like Wayne Hunter, Jason Smith, guys that are just no protection, you know? No protection whatsoever. Mark Sanchez is a guy that needs protection. There is no question about it. Plus, when you go from having a guy like Curtis Martin in the backfield, you go to the ground and pound, uh, you know, a, a year later. There's no running backs for this team either. So Mark, Mark Sanchez needs protection. We're still talking about football, right? Oh, of course. I'm just making sure. I, well, you know. he was on the uh, cover of what, GQ? Well, we it, all can't listen, be so fortunate. Yeah. It is what it is. I'd like to see Geno Smith uh, you, you know, do good. I think it is time to move on from Mark Sanchez. I still have a feeling they'll either put him on the IR or just cut him. He has a guaranteed deal, so whether he's playing it or not, he's going to make the same amount of money. 
yeah, he stands to make $8.25 million this year. Either, yeah. uh, uh, In fact, that's the only thing that's keeping him from being cut I, right I, now. I, you know what? I just say cut him. Cut yeah. him. You know, let him go somewhere else. He's going to make the money either way, whether he's on the IR or not. Just cut him. Let him make his money. Time to go a different direction. You know, there, there's no sense of keeping Mark Sanchez on this team if he's not going to play, you know, at that money. And and the other $64,000 question, and maybe that's all he's worth, and maybe if I'm saying that, that's me being generous. Does Rex Ryan last the whole season, or does he get get to be one of the few, the proud, to be fired in season? Nah, nah, I think he'll last the season. If they haven't fired him yet, I think they'll give him one more season. Uh, Listen, there is a plus of having Rex Ryan on his team. Okay. And that's for guys like Muhammad Wilkerson, Quinton Copples, Demario Davis, he is still a defensive guru. There, there, there's no question about it. Well, he, obviously, look at what the offense has done under him. No, there's no question about it. He's not an offensive-minded coach. He sucks offensively. He should stay far away from the offense, not even look at anything offensive with this team, and just focus on the defensive of this group. No matter which way you look at it, the Jets' defense is never awful. They've either been one of the best teams or somewhere in the middle of the pack defensively. Right. And now we're going to see what they can do without a guy like Darrell Revis under Rex Ryan's, uh, you know, tutelage. So that's going to be the test. That's absolutely going to be the yeah. test. And they played Darrell Revis this weekend, first game. Yeah. Oh, that's. Gee, I wonder if that was planned in advance. Roger Goodell. Yeah. Yes, uh, Commissioner John Laurinaitis. Yes. I think we should get to some of these games and pick before we get to our guest Chucky Brown within the next uh, five minutes. All right, set it up. Let's do this. Thursday night's game, Baltimore Ravens versus the Denver Broncos. Lots of controversy around this game because of the Joe Flacco banners uh, at whatever it is, Mile High Stadium. I can't remember. Sports Authority Field, yeah. Sports Authority Field. Got to go to Moe's Arena. Who knows what it is. (laughs) Um, So, Jim, you first. Broncos or Ravens in this matchup? I thought this was at Nobody Beats the Wiz Field. How about that for a dated reference? Um, I'm going Denver here. I I think Peyton has a show and a half because Baltimore is still trying to find – what they're trying to do here uh, with the pieces that have been taken away and the not exactly perfectly fitting pieces they've put back in place. Same here. I'm going with Denver. Uh, Ravens, they're not going to be the same team. I don't care what Flacco can do or can't do. Denver's winning this game Thursday night. Let's go into Sunday. Uh, Just the game we were talking about, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. Who do you got? I think by default I have to pick Tampa Bay. I, I the, what the heck can the Jets do? Tampa Bay by default. You know what? I was going Tampa Bay, but here we go. Here comes the homerism. I, I read a very convincing article from Matthew Heinegger from two four seven New York Sports two four seven saying, "Don't be surprised because of the beginning schedule if the Jets start off the season at three and one and then collapse because it's such an easy schedule." I think they face a lot tougher opponents than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. True. I think they could steal one. They have a very, very good record under Rex Ryan for opening games. I think he can do it. Smallest violin in the world. Continuing. <laughs> New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, let's see. See, this could be a trap game because you know New England in Buffalo. New England in Buffalo. Had some rough times as of late. Oh, wait, who's Buffalo's quarterback? E.J. Manuel. New England in a rob. New England. Yeah. New England for you. Writing this down because we're going to keep track of this stuff. Yes, and I will win. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Chicago Bears. It's a tough one. Uh, 
I'm going to lean with Cincinnati. I'm going Cincinnati as well with that matchup. Miami Dolphins, Cleveland Browns. Another tough one because I'm, I'm my my sexy pick this year to maybe make a run is Cleveland, so I'm going to give them a win here. I'll go with Cleveland at home. Oh, look at that! Very nice. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Whoa, whoa, you never said you never said who you were going with. Oh, I'm going with the Dolphins, man. I I, I didn't want to say because I, I don't like the Dolphins, but I'm going with the Dolphins. Okay, fair enough. Uh, don't really think the Browns are going to do too much this year, but that's just me. Yeah, okay. That's mostly everybody in the NFL. So. Well, yeah, that's why I try to go out on the limb every now and again. Oh, you have to. Yes. Minute, that's why I went with my Jets pick. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, Detroit Lions. Oh, well, come on, Detroit. I got Detroit as well. I think uh, Matthew Stafford's going to rebound from a very, very awful season last year. And we haven't seen everything they can do in the preseason. I mean, come on. No, 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 we haven't. Yeah. Plus, you know what? When you got a guy like Megatron, how can you not win games, man? You know? Yeah, and Megatron did virtually nothing in the preseason. So, no. no. So we'll see what happens there. Unleash the beast. Now we got here Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts versus finally Terrell Pryor and the Oakland Raiders. They could have Terrell Pryor, Terrell Davis, Terrell Owens. I can't think of any other Terrells. Uh, uh, Terrence Whoa. Howard. <laughs> They could they could have Tim Tebow as quarterback. They're not going to be saved. It's Indy. Indy all the way. Same here. Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. Ooh, I like could, this matchup a lot. Uh, it could be game of the week material here. Uh, I'm going to go with a slight edge to Atlanta, even though they hardly ever win at the dome. Yeah, I got the Falcons down as well for that matchup. Tennessee Titans versus the old Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, the Titans exa- aren't exactly setting the world on fire either. It's like a pick-your-poison here. I- I'm going to go at home with Pittsburgh, just pretty much the home field. Wow, I'm going with uh, Tennessee there. Chris Johnson will run for five yards. Probably. Yes. Probably, but I'm still just, going uh, just five. Yes. Pittsburgh there. Seattle Seahawks versus the Carolina Panthers. Oh, Seattle. I mean, it's it's tough to go east, but the Carolina Panthers are still in a little bit of disarray, to say the least. Same as well. I'm going with the Seahawks. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I uh, need to do a better job with uh, the new team. I'm going to beat Jacksonville, and Maurice Jones-Drew is still going to run for 150 because he's the offense. Timeshares. So you're going with Chiefs, huh? I'm going, um, yes. Really? I'm going Kansas City. It's not going to be pretty. The Jaguars. I mean, come on. You've got to go with them. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals versus the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis by default because Arizona is going through so... Arizona, not unlike the Jets, not unlike the Bills, who the hell's their quarterback? Agree. Going with the Rams as well there. San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers is going to be a very, very good matchup here. Very competitive game, but you got to like San Francisco at home because they are the complete team, while the Packers are um, sort of one and a half, if you will, by comparison. Agree. Going with San Francisco as well. Night game Sunday night. New York Giants versus the Dallas Cowboys. Fierce rivalry. Where are you going there? Fierce rivalry, but the Giants will raffle stomp them, as the kids say. There is no way Dallas wins. No way in hell. Home opener. This is one of the very few games Dallas will win. 
They'll look good in the home opener. They'll look miserable for the rest of the season going with Dallas. They're going to be in the basement of the NFC East when all is said and done. No doubt about it. But they always look good on, in the opening game. They look yeah, Last year, when they defeated the Giants, they looked amazing. We, it'll be fun to chronicle the Cowboys this year just because of all the inner turmoil. Ah, no doubt about it. All right, Jim. It's Monday Night Football, your Philadelphia Eagles and Chip Kelly versus the return of RG3 and the Washington Redskins. Who do you got? If Vic doesn't get injured in the first game, I'll call that a win <laughs> because of the increased uh, play load. Uh, I have to go with Washington. Right. Same here. I'm going with uh, RG3 and the Redskins as well. Another good game right here, only because I like to watch their defense play. Houston Texans, San Diego Chargers. Houston will blitzkrieg them, and J.J. Watt might have three sacks in the game. There you go. All right. Well, that's it. Four hour picks for the first games of NFL Week 1. It's going to be a good one. We will chronicle them, and we will come back Monday and let you know who is the better between Jim and myself. Me, me, me. Anyway. Do you, you? Hopefully. Well, you know what time it is? I think it's time we have to get a guest on. I think it's time to bring in our guest, and joining us right now is former NBA champion and a good friend to our show, Mr. Chucky Brown. Chucky, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming back for, what is this, the third time now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come back as many times as you have me, though. <laughs> well, We're down with that. We'll we'll keep having you back as long as you come out of retirement for one more season. I'm still going to keep going at you with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. We're gonna uh, start it off with current NBA. Uh, I'm 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 gonna drop some of the divisions to you, and I I want to get your take on who do you think improved the most uh, in each division, and who do you think could take the division and really compete this year. And uh, let's start it off with our hometown, New York Knicks in the Atlantic Division. Out of New York, the Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics, the 76ers, and the Whoa. Toronto Raptors. Where do you see the Atlantic going? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say, uh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say, even though I'm a Knicks fan, I'm going to have to say Brooklyn. I'm going to go with Brooklyn. Oh, you disappointed me, man. They're stacked. <laughs> but then again, man, you defeated them for your championship, so, uh, it's nothing to the Knicks, man. Exactly. Is that going to be the only rivalry out of the Atlantic, the Boston and the Knicks? Um, Excuse me, uh, Brooklyn and the Knicks? I think that's going to be the best one because, it's, yeah. it's, you know, they're right there together. I don't yeah. think Boston is going to be um, – I think that they're going to be uh, – I don't even think Boston is going to be really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they're going to sort of play um, to get a get a good draft pick because they've stocked up on draft picks. Yeah. So um, I think they're going to play for picks this year. Um, but I think the Brooklyn and the New York Knicks rivalry, that's going to, that's going to be the one that – you know, the media is going to be pushing and the, the NBA is going to be pushing. No, no doubt about that. Let's look at the Central. Uh, no Derrick Rose for the Bulls last year. Indiana looked amazing in the Central. Milwaukee, you know, made a couple of moves, but nothing really there. Detroit, a couple of moves this season. Got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Where do you see the uh, Central going? Uh, I see the Central as being very competitive. I think the Cavaliers... Uh, got better. I think the Pistons got better. Um, I think Indiana's going to be good, of course. Um, and I think Chicago is going to definitely be better with uh, with Derrick Rose. Um, yeah. Milwaukee could be uh, – Milwaukee's in the center too, right? Yes. 
Yes. Okay, I think I think I think it's gonna be competitive, but I see it going. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bulls. I'm gonna go with the Bulls with, with Derrick Rose coming back and those guys learning how to play without him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think that they'll be better. And they played good without Derrick Rose too, which was a shock. Yeah, they did. They did. They got Little farther Nate. than expected. Little Nate Robinson had a really good season for Chicago last year, but he's not there no more. So, yeah, he did his yeah, he, thing. He did his thing. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go to the southeast for a second, because of course it's Miami's division and everybody else. But Atlanta tried to make a little run, and you know, finished all of twenty-two games back of the Heat. Can you make a case for Atlanta continuing to improve upon an above five hundred record uh, in twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen? No, I don't think Atlanta's going to be as good. Um, I think losing uh, Josh Smith was huge. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're going sort of in a rebuilding uh, phase with with uh, getting the new coach and stuff like that. So I, I don't think Atlanta's going to be as good. Um, I don't think they'll be that close this year to Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Miami, I mean, they're still going to take it. There's no question about it. They're going to win the. Oh year. yeah, I was just looking at it from the semi-cynical oh, yeah. aspect. Let's see somebody compete. Uh, wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to be Orlando. Not going to be Charlotte. It ain't going to be the Washington Wizards. So well, exactly that no. that division is such a such a cluster. It's not it's even fun. It was the only competition. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Hawks were the only competition. But like you said, Chucky, you know, uh, you know, uh, losing uh, Smith that was huge. Yeah, that was huge. I, th- I think that division is going to be a mess and. And Miami's gonna be be fine there. They they they'll be all right there. They, they they won't have to worry about anybody uh, challenging them to win that uh, division. Yeah. Right. Well, we got to go with the uh, the strong Western Conference now, Jim, and that's the Northwest, Oklahoma City. Yeah. For Utah, Portland, Minnesota, is it Oklahoma City's to take again out in the Northwest? Yeah, I have to go with them again. I go with Oklahoma City again. I think that. Um, those other teams have gotten better, but I think Portland, uh, they'll, they'll be better. Um, I think Minnesota will be better. Uh, I think Rick Adelman is probably one of the best or un- most underrated coaches uh, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still say that Oklahoma City, uh, you know, they, they still got you know, Russell Westbrook coming back. They've got Kevin Durant. Uh, Reggie Jackson is a, is, a, uh, is a bubbling star on the rise or whatever you could say. Um, so I, I think that I think I, I pick Oklahoma City. You go out to the Pacific now, and you've got three really compelling teams: two from Los Angeles, one up the up the I five a bit at Golden State. Uh, which California team looks good to you right now? A lot of people I know uh, reading around are really digging Golden State to maybe make a big run in the in the Pacific Division this year, and of course the Lakers without. Uh, uh, a certain uh, Dwight Howard moment of silence for his era in the Lakers uh, kingdom. That was long enough. Well, what would you take right. on the uh, the movers and shakers in the Pacific? I'm going. I'm going to go with. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think the addition, you know, not a knock against uh, Del or anybody, but I think the addition of Doc Rivers just helps um, when you have a guy there that has a championship and mm-hmm. that has done it with, you know, players like Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, you know, veteran guys. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a level of respect that he's going to get that maybe uh, Vinny didn't get. So I think mm-hmm. that uh, – I think I've got to go with the, the Clippers in that division. I think Golden State will be tough, but their, their, is going to de- their situation is going to depend on how healthy they can remain. 
mm-hmm. because with, with, with a healthy Andrew Bogut, they're really, really tough. You know, and without without Bogut, um, they don't really have a low post presence, and that's that's the one thing that they've been lacking. Uh, they've got great perimeter play, but they've been lacking that low post presence. Yeah, well, basically, David Lee's the only guy down there for them, and he had an injury at the end of the season, so hopefully he can stay healthy for Golden State as well, because that's my favorite in the Pacific. I'm a big David Lee fan, so. Oh, sure. Right, right. See what happens there. Let's go to the Southwest, and you know a little bit more about the Southwest, Chucky, because you played with the Houston Rockets, and you're a scout right now with New Orleans, so you got, of course, the mighty Spurs, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Houston Rockets, Dallas, and your, your New Orleans Pelicans. Where do you see the Southwest shaping up? Um, I see the, the Spurs. The Spurs are the, the team to beat. Um, though I, I do think that the Pelicans will be much improved um, you know, with the addition of uh, a guy like Tyree Evans. And if you know, if we can stay healthy with Eric Gordon, uh, I think we'll have some nice uh, backcourt play. And then uh, Anthony, Anthony Davis. I think will uh, will be a big factor for us. I think he'll have a big year. I think that um, him, it, it was a surprise for him last year as, mm-hmm. as far as the, the, the grueling uh, NBA season. I think that was sort of a surprise for him coming from college. Oh, yeah. I know it was for me when I played. Yeah. So I think that um, I think that we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll surprise some folks. But I think San Antonio was the team to beat without a doubt. Yeah, no doubt about that. You you talk about back in the day when you were playing, and uh, that segues nicely into another topic I wanted to bring up here. Uh, talking, if you're just tuning in, with Chucky Brown here uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans, doing some scouting with them, and of course a a friend, a loyal friend and true, twenty four seven Sports Hub Radio. Uh, back in the day, you had uh-huh. the luxury, shall we say, <laughs> of playing against the likes of Michael Jordan, John Stockton, Carl Malone, so on and so forth. And the reason I bring this up is in the last couple of days, Gary Payton, who's now on Fox Sports Live on the new Fox Sports 1, actually had a chance to – he was asked an interesting question. He was asked, who was it tougher to guard, Stockton or Jordan? And he actually said it was tougher and harder to guard John Stockton than it was Michael Jordan. Let me quote him here. Those Jordan battles were a little easier. I would have I would have Jordan get mad and go back at me. He knew he was really talented and could do whatever he wanted to. But Stockton was more of a challenge to me than guarding someone that would talk back to me. When you talk back to me and say something to me, it made my game go to another level. And he went on from there. And I really can't speak like Gary Payton because only Gary Payton can speak like Gary Payton. Uh, going back to your experiences guarding both guys, uh, is there some truth to what GP is saying? It was tougher to guard John Stockton than MJ. Uh, I would say that it, it 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 was very tough to guard both, but I, I guess the hard part of what he may be saying is that with John Stockton, he wasn't going to just take you one-on-one. He was going to run you through about four or five screens and run you all over the place. He wasn't going to do that. Jordan was just yeah. going to get you. He'll tell everybody to stay away, and he'd go ahead and do his business with you. But, I mean, Stockton, as far as, like, if you're going to leave, you you probably leave the game a little sore because you'd be running off so many picks uh, guarding Stockton. So it's probably some truth to that, not saying that Stockton is a better player by any means, but yeah. just, the way, just the way that they would do it to you would be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an apples and oranges comparison, like you say. One guy you know is going to drive the hole, make the layup, or you know, right. kick out three pointer, while the other is going to set the picks, pick and roll, and so on and so forth. It's 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 apples and oranges, really. 
Well, well not even yeah, that. Like yeah. Gary Payton, you know, Payton said as well. I mean, and you, you just said it too, Chucky, that he runs you through so many screens. And you know what? You're running a pick and roll with Carl Malone, six foot nine, two hundred and sixty pounds. This guy's knocking <laughs> you all over the place. Right. So, I mean, of course, it's it's it would be harder to guard John Stockton. I mean, me and you know Jim were talking about this pre-show, and we said I, we can absolutely see where Gary Payton's coming with this. So. Right, but, right. I understand exactly where he's coming yeah, from. But you, but you played through. You know what? You played both. So, uh, you know, is it harder to guard? A, you know, a little guard going with the pick and rolls than it is a, uh, you know, a guy the size of a forward or. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably harder because he's smaller and he runs out. Usually, the smaller guys have so much more energy. You know, it's like it's like having a, a smaller dog. The, the smaller dog is the one that's yapping the most, and the big dog <laughs> is going to conserve his conserve his energy. For when he really needs the bar, you know what I'm saying. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's probably around the same same type of thing. You know, using that type of analogy, uh, it's around yeah. the same type of thing. The little guys have so much more energy, so they run you all over the place. Yeah. So then, basically, it was impossible to guard Muggsy Bogues, huh? Uh, basically impossible. <laughs> That's right. He just run right underneath the like exactly. He split the cones. Yeah, he'll run you all over the place too. He'll run in between your legs. Oh yeah, oh he's he's a, he's a great guy, though, Mugsy, Man, we talked about a bunch of times. Uh, you know, another story. You know, let's stick with the point guards here. Uh, Jason Kidd, as we all know, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, uh, another story coming out today. Jay Z basically selling his net shares over to Jason Kidd. So not only is he a head coach, he's an owner now mm-hmm. of the Brooklyn Nets. You know. Oh wow. I mean, that's that's pretty big. Uh, you know, in this day because you never really see that anymore. Could that be some kind of a, uh, I don't want to say controversy, but, you know, could Jason Kidd weigh that? In your opinion, if you were the coach right now and you ended up taking over shares of a team, how would you balance that? Yeah, I think that would be sort of tough. I would I, I want to be one or the other. If I was asked to maybe take some shares of the team, I definitely wouldn't be coaching. I, I put it like that. I'd rather be in a in an ownership position than, you know, being a coach. Um, because I might be able to have more input and you know share more direction that or more of my vision on the team than you know mm-hmm. than a coach. You know, if I'm in an ownership position, I may not be overruled. <laughs> you know, so I think I'd rather be I'd rather be in an ownership position than uh, than a coach. So it may you know, that, that I mean that may that may cause a problem. It may not, uh, yeah. but the you know, likelihood it, it can cause a problem. Though I think I think so. I don't know if I would have did that if I was him, but hey, that's him. I mean, his pockets pockets are get fatter, so I can't I can't uh, I can't knock him for that. <laughs> yeah, the stake in the team is uh, all of one fifteenth of one percent, but still, it, it's noteworthy, I think. Hey, listen, uh, right? I, I take one one fifteenth of a percent, man. It's worth about five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so, I mean, it could pose a conflict of interest. I, I right. don't know. So right. it's something, uh, nice little side story as we enter the season to uh, take a look at. Uh, but also, I mean, Jay-Z doing that because here he is now. He's Mr. Media Mogul Galore. He's <laughs> signing, he, he's representing the likes of Kevin Durant. He's, le- you know, going to other sports. you got Robinson Cano, Victor Cruz, Geno Smith. We Ooh. talked about Geno Smith. That won't do a lot right now. Going back into your playing days, if you had the opportunity to to hook up with with a type like Jay Z and have him as your as your agent, would you would you go that route or would you just say eh, I think I'll handle my own finances? Thank you very much. 
Um, I think I could, I would probably handle my own finances, but as far as like having a, it's nothing like having a powerful agent. If you got a powerful agent, I think that that can help you uh, extend your career. That can help you, you know, get more money because you know it, it's all, uh, you know what what type of agents you have. If you have a powerful agent, people listen to them. If you don't have a powerful agent, then it's a little bit harder to get in the door to be listened to. So. Uh, yeah. I probably, if, if Daisy came after me and he's a powerful guy and he had those kind of names uh, on his list, oh yeah, I probably would be like, oh yeah, sign me too, man, sign me up. I probably <laughs> would call him if he didn't call me. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know what? It was a different time though. So, what if KRS One wanted to be an agent? Oh yeah, that was my man. man. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> I love KRS One. So I would have loved to to, and, and plus he seemed like an intelligent guy uh, who yeah. was going. Things through, so yeah, the teacher, the teacher would have been my agent without a doubt. <laughs> there you go, man. So you go. Uh, so I guess you can call it the boogie down agency, man. It'd be nice. Oh my! <laughs> there you go, man. Out of the Bronx, out of the Bronx. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so you know, as we told everybody, you started writing for New York Sports Two Four Seven, which it's an honor to have you uh, with us, Chuck. You really enjoying your well, blog? It's an honor and... to do it. It's an honor to do it. I- I'm so happy you asked me to do it. It's an honor to do it. But go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 not a problem. It, you know, Jim and I were talking last show about the whole Johnny Manziel thing. Um, mm-hmm. You right. know, N- NCAA going after him for charging a couple right. of dollars for his autographs, and then you right. came out with your titled blog, What a Joke, about the right. uh, NCAA, which you call the National Crooked Athletic Association, which I, I love it. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, first, you know what, you're against the suspension form, which it was a stupid suspension I read for one half, but – as a former college basketball player and, you know, you're a scout now, so you're around the colleges a lot, did you think right. it was a big deal that a guy like Johnny Manziel can make a couple of dollars off of doing something as legit as signing his name on a few sheets of paper? Uh, you said, did I think it was a big deal? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, do you think it's a big deal? Oh, no, not at all, man, because, you know, these kids, you, know, you, you want to teach kids to market themselves and how – they can make more money. Now, if this kid, you know, nobody really knew who Johnny Manziel was at the beginning of last year. So now that he's able to, he made, he made himself famous, but it was a Texas A&M platform, but still he made himself famous. They didn't play for him. He did the play. So I think that he is in every right that he should be able to go out and if he's able to make deals to get autographs or whatever money, then he should be able to do that without being penalized. You know, that, that that's to me. And then you're going to penalize over 30 minutes. I give my kids time out for longer than 30 minutes. So, what I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, that's basically that's basically nothing. You know, the NCAA, yeah. you know, like I, I go to NC State's campus and I walk around the campus sometimes, go over there to work out, and they have these buses that drive by with the kids' pictures on them. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, wow, I wonder if this kid is getting anything for that. You know, nothing in America is free. You know, and now they try to say that, you know, yeah, well, we're giving you this free education, you know, and all this stuff. But if I didn't, if I didn't have a service to provide for you, you wouldn't give me a free education. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I just think it's ridiculous that they're gonna, they're gonna, uh, or that they find him a little bit of fine that they did. That they're making this big deal about what he did this weekend about pointing up at the scoreboard. I would have did the same thing, dude. Yeah. You talking junk, and we beating you by thirty. <laughs> I'm gonna point up at the scoreboard too. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? That, that's where my talking is right there. 
So now these people want to get on ESPN and they want to dog him out. Now I love the fact that you know that they've created this monster. Now they want to try to break him down. It's the it's the it's the oldest trick in the book that the media does or some media does. They build these guys up and they try to tear them down. Don't try to tear the kid down. He's done nothing. What what has he done? You know they talk junk on the football field all the time. He really shouldn't have got penalized. The referee need to be. Uh, asked about that because he really shouldn't have got penalized. All he did was point up at the scoreboard, and I would do the same thing. Yeah, but also in the thing, you also talked about just how crooked the NCAA is, and you wrote in here, right. you know, Des Bryant for supposedly lying, A.J. Green for selling yep. his personal jersey to roll yep. prior, being suspended for five games for selling his own bowl stuff just to get a tattoo. Yep. I mean, right. you know, Jim and I said it, the NCAA is making millions to billions off of these yep. kids. Why can't these kids make a few hundred dollars if they want? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And like I said, the, the I think I said in that part, the, the, the Kabuki Theater is over. The smoke is clearing. <laughs> People are not seeing this mess anymore. It's over now. You know, they're not they're not believing that, you know, we're just getting a, a free education. And, and you know, because if you think about it, you know, a scholarship may cost them, what, twenty five, thirty thousand a year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So if they pay that 30000 or for, even if it's fifty, to say it's fifty thousand a year, fifty thousand uh, times four is two hundred thousand. They're making much more than that per game off of these kids. So oh, that's something coming out of their pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, sound greed. Don't get it. Yeah, it, it's all greed, and there's a way. Just like it's taking them so long to decide to do this playoff thing, the the one double A does a playoff every year. Why can't you just copy their model? The reason why you can't copy their model is because there's so much money tied into the bowl games. That's why. So they have to figure out a way that they can still get all of this this revenue and and all of this money. But it it just comes down to money, and it's, it's a shame because they're going to ruin the sport because of money. If they haven't done so already, to be quite frank and honest. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're right. So that's why I can't watch college sports anymore, man. I, I you know March Madness, and that's about it. I can't get into college football at large, really. No. Right, you know, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't. I used to, you know, watch every game, and I, I find myself, you know, because of how it is, and how the NCAA and the people that run it, how they are. I find myself, you know, easing more and more away from it. But you know, I have to watch basketball because that's my job. So I, mean, exactly. I don't, I don't ease, I don't ease away from that. You know, and I enjoy, you know, I enjoy watching the college kids play anyway. So yeah, which is good because you can focus on the game itself and not what they're playing for. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. exactly. So that's always good. But all right, Chucky. I mean, you know what? As always, privileged to have you on with us. Thank you so much. And uh, you can read Chucky uh, Brown's blog at nysports247.com. Chucky, good luck to your uh, New Orleans Pelicans this year. All right. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Have a good one. It's a pleasure, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's uh, Chucky Brown, former NBA champion, current New Orleans Pelicans scout and blogger for us here at 247 Sports Radio. Great time, man. Yeah, you know, I think we need to get him out of his shell just a little bit when it comes to such issues like the Johnny Manziel thing. I think he needs to, <laughs> to to learn how to be a little more opinionated. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, he's, he's great, man. And you know what? I, I love it that we were able to give a platform to certain athletes, um, you know, that can say what they want. Because most other blogs, Jim, they go after the big guns of the games, you know. And there's been so many great players in sports like Chucky Brown 
like Eric Valent, who played for the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets, who also used to blog for us. And you know what? These are the guys that can't get the audience that we can give them. So it's nice to have him there. It's nice that he can not only just not talk about NBA, but he's talking about college football. And they can provide perspective that the big guys, you know, with their jaded uh, histories in the league, because they're all higher and mightier than thou art, yeah. they can think it's something more relatable to, to you and I, to John and Jane Q. Public. Yep. So it's a, it's a good thing. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, we're all for that here at uh, 24-7 Sports Hub and the various uh, regional sites. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, Chucky's written uh, four pieces now for NewYorkSports247.com, and, uh, you know, two were about uh, the NCAA. One was about people attacking LeBron James for, uh, you know, the one thing he did, which was the decision, but they never say anything about all the good he does with uh, charity and all this other stuff. And his first one was advice for the younger players breaking into college and just coming out of college. So, And, and you know what? It comes right back down to what he said, uh, certain four-letter networks that uh, pretty much set the agenda. Agree. That's what it comes down to. The media can make you, and the media will just as quickly break you. Absolutely. All right, Jim. Brian Cushing? Yeah, uh, we have a uh, a big signing, if you will, if you're a Houston Texans fan. Brian Cushing is about to get paid. That's the simplest way I can put it. You want something more? Okay, fine. Six-year, $55.643 million extension to keep him in Houston. Uh, just, just a no-brainer move. Nope. No-brainer move, and he helps solidify... Arguably one of the top five, well, not arguably, they are one of the top five defenses in the NFL, maybe top three, depending on uh, the day of the week. Yeah, no doubt about it. Brian Cushing is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Only played five games last year. Still had 23 tackles uh, solo, 30 combined with a uh, no sacks, unfortunately, but one forced fumble, one interception. Guy's a good player, man. You know, he makes the Houston Texans a better team. So what do you do? You sign him to a big extension. You have no choice. The guy's young. He's only 26 years old. And in a day and age where it's all about how much money can I get, how much money can I get, kind of a nice little uh, sidebar to this story. Andre Johnson restructured his contract so they could free up $5.5 million in cash space to sign Cushing long-term, which is uh, kind of noteworthy, I think. You know, I, I, I love when players restructure their contracts for the better of the team. You know, they're losing a little bit of money, but in the long run, they're not losing much at all because they're still making millions of dollars, but it's still the gesture. I remember when a bunch of players done a Jets. I mean, Mark Sanchez did it, I think, twice already, uh, you know, to try to help out the team. And uh, it's it's just a piece of the story, Jim, that nobody really thinks highly of anymore. And, and come on, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, not just he'll make he'll be, Andre Johnson's going to be all right, not just with what he's making currently. He'll more than make that up in endorsements and oh. public relations stuff. So uh, he's going to be all right as long as he saves the money, which I'm sure he is. In this day and age, uh, they have business courses, for God's sakes. When it comes to uh, NFL players uh, who are just entering the league, you got to learn how to, uh, you know. As which we I wish they had years ago for some for some players. Because oh, jeez, you ain't kidding. A lot of you players could have used it. So so there you go. There's there's plenty of football talk on a on a Wednesday afternoon. But you know what? Baseball, pennant chase time. Oh, yeah. And, and not just that, the chase of history is almost complete for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They won last night, bringing them to 81 wins on the season. 
barring a, you know something of a Hindenburg-like collapse, all the humanity. We've seen it before. Well, not to that extent, though. No, but we have. Se- well, look at the Mets, man. Well, the Mets are the living, breathing proof of such a thing. Exactly. <laughs> so things can happen. But uh, one more win, and the Pirates finally break the uh, two-decade-long curse of not having a winning record, the curse of Sid Bream, as it's affectionately called by some. And forget about that. And listen, I have lots of friends in Pittsburgh. I know we've got Pittsburgh fans listening to this show. Don't worry about the one win, of course. Worry about the fact that your team, which is arguably the best team in the National League, Amen. is going to be a division champion. They're going to do it. This is the year they do it, and you know what? I'm a Phillies fan through and through. I am rooting for the other Commonwealth team over the course of the next two months. I want to see them win it all. I think it would be a wonderful story for baseball. And the scary thing is they're young. And in the last couple of weeks, especially the last week or so, they've made the big moves, picking up Marlon Bird, uh, picking up Justin Morneau. They're not tight-wadded anymore. They're They're willing to make the moves necessary to prove, hey, we can be a juggernaut. We can get this thing, we can push it past the finish line and win the whole thing. And they're young enough, they've got the core players, they've got some veteran leadership. This team isn't going anywhere anytime soon, uh, John. No. Hey, you know what? I have to say this because I said it when they hired him. you got to give so many props to Clint Hurdle, Pirates Manager. The year. This is a guy that I wanted on the Mets. Oh, yeah. And when they hired Terry Collins, I said, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> and Clint Hurdle goes to a team that hasn't won Jack in so many years, and look what he is doing for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. A Pirates team that didn't have many stars other than Andrew McCutcheon. But guess what? They added a little piece here, a little piece there, and they're not big pieces, Jim. Marlon Bird's not a big piece. Well, this year he is because he's having he's well, playing out of his gourd. But exactly, yes. but he's not a superstar type player. Andrew McCutcheon is their only superstar. Right. Justin Monroe stopped being a superstar a few years back. But they're but, getting but again, he's been, but again, the, the acquisition to Morneau, again, more for veteran leadership, a guy who has been to the postseason. He can help this team that you know has little to any postseason experience. And, 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 and he... He's just a guy standing there at first base. That's going to help. I mean, he's played uh, three games so far with them, nine at-bats, three base on bulls, only one strikeout, four hits, three hits last night. Right. You know, so can he turn it on a little bit? Because I hate to say it, Minnesota Twins had some good seasons, but uh, you know what? When you're with a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates, man, with these guys batting around you, it, it, it could really get you started. It can motivate you, especially when you're right in the thick of a division chase. Yes, it's kind of a little bit diluted with the second wild card because you know you're guaranteed a playoff spot just about at this point. But you want to win your division. You do not want to be a wild card and have to play a one-game playoff to go into the division series if you can afford it because it'll mess up your rotation, it'll mess up uh, the psyche, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, you want to be the division champion, and I'm I'm firmly believing the Bucks are going to be it out of the National League Central. It's going to be a fun race the final three and a half weeks of the season. Yeah, and another big acquisition for them getting their closer, Jason Grilly, back. That's true, very That's true. Be huge for the postseason. No doubt, no doubt about it. Uh, so where are we at in the MLB standings, though? Who's making the playoffs as of right now? Do you know? Well, uh, I can I can give you uh, a little uh, heads up on that. Certainly, let's uh, take a division by division. 
the Boston Red Sox have maintained a, a solid lead on the American League East over the better part of the last month or so, leading now by five and a half games on Tampa Bay entering play on Wednesday. Uh, the story, though, in the American League East is the New York Yankees. They are now two and a half back of Tampa Bay in the wild card department. I don't know how they do it. You're in New York. I know you're not a Yankee fan. How are they doing it? They're just getting healthy at the right time, aren't they? It's not even about being healthy, man. Look at some of the players that they're using to do this. And it's players that are over the hill. Other teams didn't want them, waved them. Yankees picked them up. And now they're 74 and 64. If, I, if, I, I don't know. I, I, if, if there's Because if there's something in the New York water, the Mets ain't drinking it. <laughs> so I, I honestly don't know. It's it's always baffled me what the Yankees could do with either so much or basically nothing at all. And uh, here we go again. little something for the uh, folks at home uh, or wherever they're listening to us from. If you're ever going to New York, pro tip, do not drink the New York water. Go bottled water all the way. Just no, actually, no. You can drink the water in New York. They oh. still have one of the best filtration systems in the country. Oh. Jersey, eh. Pennsylvania, Especially, especially near the Schuylkill River in Philly, where that thing's green twenty four seven. Oh, you know, man. I, I drink bottles of water here in Philadelphia. So I love me some bottled water. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, quickly, the American League Central: Detroit leads down by three and a half over uh, Cleveland. We'll see what happens there. They've uh, fallen off a little bit. Uh, Kansas City is the story there as well, trying to make a run. They're four and a half back in the American League West. Texas and Oakland. Nuff said. Both teams are playoff teams, and they're facing each other today in the final game of a three-game series. Uh, I believe that's being played at the Big O. Uh, The Atlanta Braves, their magic number is 10 to clinch at least a wild-card spot. Uh, The Nationals are above 500. Whoop-de-tinkle, they have no chance in hell. Uh, We talked about the National League Central. Pittsburgh by two games over St. Louis, by three and a half over Cincinnati. And the National League West, good night, Irene, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh my goodness! Thirteen and a half over Arizona. Unbelievable. It, it's it's incredible stuff. So if you're talking wild card, and that's what you were talking about five minutes ago, I know you're wanting me to get to that. I'm going there. Uh, right now, if the playoffs started today, it would be Oakland, it would be Tampa, Boston, Detroit, Texas as your uh, five playoff teams in the American League. I mentioned the Yankees are two and a half back, Baltimore three back, Cleveland three and a half, Kansas City can't rule them out at four and a half games back. Yeah. Of the pace, National League, it's over. It's it's Pittsburgh, St. Louis, and Cincinnati. Washington is the closest team after that, and they're seven and a half back. Forget about it. I I called Cincinnati, Detroit in the World Series. I wonder if it can happen. But I gotta say, I gotta change. I want to see Pittsburgh win it all, man. Yeah, you know, no no hating on the Dodgers because uh, you know Vin Scully, enough said. Oh yeah. But but uh, but I want to see Pittsburgh win it in the worst way because the fans there deserve it. They really, really deserve it. I mean, you know, and now they're coming to the ballpark because they realize, hey, this team's for real. I understand the skepticism. I'm from Philly, okay? I'm from South Jersey. (laughs) Skepticism, I live and breathe skepticism. Uh, But now they're coming out. They're supporting the team in earnest, and it's a beautiful thing. And uh, raise the Jolly Roger. I can't believe I'm saying that, but there you go. Yeah, they're having a great, great season. Best of luck to the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're rooting for you here at uh, 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. Indeed. Let's get to what we said in the beginning. we got a little over eight minutes left in the show, so let's get to this. Eric Burns, former Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder, played for some other teams, uh, comes out and uh, 
he claims that there's a prominent Hall of Famer from the 70s and 80s Major League Baseball that was using steroids. So my question for you, Jim, is, I read this. We know Eric Burns. He talks a lot. Yeah. There's no question about it, but I enjoy Eric Burns. I, I, I think he's funny. Okay. But what would possess Eric Burns to come out to say this now is what I want to know. Obviously, his uh, his analyst work at MLB Network is lacking, and, and and with Fox is lacking, so he's looking to make a name for himself. I don't know. But uh, I really don't know. Like you say, this is an inevitable thing. It's a given. Yeah, people were using back in the day. Of course they were. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, and of course the speculation begins. We hypothesized prior to the game, prior to the show, rather, uh, Ricky Henderson could be a name. I mean, think about it. Ricky Henderson played till he was 147. There has to be something to that. Uh, but <laughs> well, Julio Franco? Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, he about 87. If it was Julio Franco, then it really didn't work out too well for Julio Franco because he didn't hit massive home runs per se. But uh, this is this isn't big news to me. No. Nothing, nothing surprises me about this. It's just. Ooh, I want to get my name. I want to get my 15 minutes of fame. Whee! That's all this is to me. Well, I mean, he's, 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 he's doing his stuff over at LB Network, so it's not like he doesn't need the fame. You know what I mean? It's whatever. Yeah, but he's like 18th on the death chart of analysts. Oh, there's no doubt about it. But he goes on to say at the end of uh, this uh, article reading here over at uh, Hole of Very Good on the uh, Blogwin Network, he goes, and I quote, I never use steroids, and there is absolutely no reason why you should believe me. He later wrote, as a matter of fact, there is no reason why you should not question any player who played from the mid-1970s to every one of today's current players. And he's right. He's absolutely right right there. Uh, (laughs) If you read it, it's not like he came out and really accused anybody. He said that he was eating dinner with a former longtime Major League player who spoke about the steroid use of the 70s and of a prominent Hall of Fame player. Yeah. So, you know, he's just relaying a story, but... I want to know what it is based around, why he came out with this story to say it, you know, why he didn't keep it to himself. But Yeah, that that that's definitely worth it. Like uh, I told you pre-show, Jim, mm-hmm. this steroids thing, it's never being put to sleep. Well, it comes down to science. Simply put, you can put as many false safes in uh, when it comes to the testing. But, of course, the drug culture is we're two, three steps ahead with the chemical formula that can get past any testing. And the enticements to to cheat, quote-unquote, and to use whatever advantage you possibly can are very lucrative ones. Uh, So, you know, and and he's spot on, though. You have to question, you can easily question any player from the mid-70s onward. Of course, here locally in uh, in southern New Jersey, the big star Mike Trout. I, I, I don't think he uses, but you always have to have at least that 5% of your brain saying, well, you never know how well he's being so productive and everything. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, we're, we're watching all of these. You know, listen, we're coming out of the steroid era. There's no reason why we can't look at certain players and say, maybe because look at Ryan Braun. You know, this is not a big dude. You know, he doesn't have the same stature as Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, but he was busted. Yeah. You know, and he put well, up he- big numbers and won an MVP. He was busted two times over because he lied about it and got away with it. And, yeah. and look uh, at Alex Rodriguez. Who knows how long he's been using for? So well, let's let's hear how he. Well, you hear his voice. It's kind of getting a little higher and whinier. That could give you a little hint. <laughs> I am Alex Rodriguez. Yes. 
Well, yeah. his his voice is getting lower as Barry Bonds had expanded. So, well, there you go. I mean, he's starting to sound like Tory Wilson. For goodness' yeah. sake, let's just keep a spade a spade there. But you know what? We'll just never put it to sleep. It just it, we never will. No, we never will. We have to go out. We only have a little. We have four minutes left here, but we have to go from steroids in baseball to one of the greatest things I have ever seen in baseball, Jim. It's hard to believe this, it was 20 years ago today, and we almost didn't include this because we forgot about this. Jim Abbott, you may remember the name. He was a, a man who was born without a right hand. He pitched a no-hitter 20 years ago today at Yankee Stadium. Unbelievable. I remember what? 20 years ago. I remember watching that game. I, I watched the game a number of times when it aired on the ESPN Classic, and I'm just in awe. I watched it live, man. It's scary. <laughs> I know. Well, you had the ability. I'm not from that market. Enough said. It, but it's it's one of the most awe-inspiring performances individually in baseball history. I mean, this yeah. is a guy. I mean, and you, we talked about this pre-show. Just the simple fact that he was holding his glove on what was left of his thumb, because again, he had no hand. Oh, no. It's just. You can't you can't put words to it to do it justice, quite frankly. Yeah, it's it's listen, it is amazing. It's not like he had a crazy good career. He did. He was, he was he played, below five hundred. But yeah. he played ten years in Major League Baseball without a right hand. Yeah, and went eighteen and eleven one year, two eighty nine, uh, two point eight nine ERA for the at the time California Angels in nineteen ninety one. Amazing. Yeah, you know, eighty seven and, and one hundred eight uh, win loss record. Uh, his career ERA, 4.25, which for a guy with one hand, it's not bad. Which, so, with a guy with one hand, wow, way to put it there. Uh, but, I hate to say it, but it's the truth. I mean, yeah, it, I understand what you're saying. Watching Jim Abbott play the game of baseball and the way he would bat, too, with the bat on his shoulder. In that, yeah. In, a, in, a, in that one NL, uh, NL season he had, uh, oh, yeah. I can't remember who it was, with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great testament to how uh, the human spirit is. Uh, obstacles are placed in your way, and you overcome. Yeah. And he is the embodiment of that. Always undying respect for him. By the way, uh, for those who don't know, he has an autobiography that came out last year uh, from Valentine Books, uh, Imperfect and Improbable Life. Uh, that's probably worth a, a healthy read, I would say, uh, just to read more about his career and uh Growing up and what have you, he's a college baseball Hall of Famer and, uh, from all accounts, a Hall of Fame individual. And, hey, to bring everything full circle to you and I, he is closer to Topanga than we ever will because he was on an episode of Boy Meets World. Yes. Uh, Listen, Topanga. Topanga. We envy you. Yes, Topanga. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a moment there. Sorry. Uh, well, you know what? Talking about books, let's talk about a future guest right now. Uh, yes. A good friend of mine, so I'm very happy for him. Uh, Kenrick Thomas. Uh about to release his first book called The Missing Memento, The Greatest to Never Do It. It's a book about Dan Marino, Charles Barkley, Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Sanders, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, you name it, the best players of the game who were never able to win a championship. Uh, It's coming out sometime either this week or next week. I have to get the uh, specific date on that, but we will talk about it. And Kenrick will be joining us, so that's going to be going. And yours truly is in the intro of the book because I was interviewed for the book. So And it's all about you once again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's stop kidding. No, but I'm very happy Kenrick is uh, one of the hardest working guys. No, what do we do, Jim? Uh, so it's nice to see uh, he was able to put three to four years of his hard work finally into a book and get it out there. I love it. So Definitely can't read to read and hear more about it. 
Absolutely. So, you know what? That's it for today's show. We want to let everybody know we will be here Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, it's it's NFL season, so, you know, tomorrow night. So good luck to your teams. We also want to thank former NBA champion, current uh, 247 Sports Hub blogger, Chucky Brown, for joining us today. And uh, Jim, thank you for being the voice. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we will see you on Friday.